This that episode of Fresh Prince when Will got shot. Make Carlton load the clip, bout to make a body drop. Will told him to chill, fam. That's not how you rock. You can handle a book, but you can't handle a Glock. In short, I ain't a killer, but don't push me. I'm not a street nigga, bro, but I ain't no pussy. Because of how I sound, niggas think it's cool to took me. I'm sorry, y'all meant test me. I'm coming for your neck, G, especially verbally, of course. Kill him on the 16 bars, no remorse. It's mind games, and I'm playing with the force. White Russian man on Jeff Bridges past the torch. I'm killing shit for sport. I'm eating on my game. You can't have remains. You call me a lane to try to slide in my lane. It's insane what some fame can't do to your brain. Can't maintain all the pain. So you shooting off range. Been body body. Stripes like a tiger worth the woods and Joe Exotic. Manifest my dreams, I'm a motherfucking prophet Brady under pressure, but I'm chilling in the pocket A giant to these hobbits, don't feed my ego Love for all my people Lighting up that fire green, smoking on that she go Light it up, then we go Onto another dimension I'm on to ascension Did I get your attention? What you got in that kitchen? Shit, more of the same Give you a handful of pennies just to show you some change If you do shit the same you gon' end up the same Then you look in the mirror like Who can I blame? But you thought you could hang Can't maintain all the pain When the world falls apart Had to grab the remain Sunshine after rain And the sun leave a spark And when that sun leave a spark That's when I create art So all that stick to pot and shit Dog, you can dead it All that green balloon shit Dog, I done said it Came out the womb Beer in hand, my genetics I don't smoke crack, motherfucker, I sell it It's a new day, I'm on a new way Spitting that holy water, call me Mano Boucher Namaste to enlighten, hotel to the woke This the realest shit I ever wrote <laughs> This that white Russian energy Fuck negativity Peace to my enemies Time's the only limit, G this that white Russian energy. White Russian energy. Fuck negativity. Fuck negativity. Peace to my enemies. Peace to my enemies. Time for the only limit, G. Ah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Beats, Brews, and Points of View podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Neil Richter, along with my partner in podcasting across from me, Eman Bates. The PIP. That is me, and we are in Plymouth Rock for episode one, flipping hundred, baby. <laughs> yep. So uh, we brought you guys a live performance from E Man, um, and then we have another one later on planned for you from our special guest this evening, which is Danae in the studio. Hey. Hi, thank you so much for having me, especially on the 100th. That's I crazy. Know. It's so awesome. I can't believe we made it to fucking 100 episodes, bro. I know. Oh. We're coming from the basement, then another basement in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Now we're at the top. We literally, right now. <laughs> we started in my, I used to have a house in Westland, and we started recording in my basement just on my couch down there. I think we had one mic between the two of us. 
you know, it was like a really shitty <laughs> fucking Amazon microphone, you know, and we would have guests down there. So it'd be like three or four people on one microphone, man. It probably sounded like so, sh- so much. Sh- I actually <laughs> went back and listened. Have you? Because I want to listen. I want to hear what the first beer we had was. Uh-huh. Because I was trying to, I was going to bring that back, but then I found out what it was and they changed, I'm not going to say the company, but they changed <laughs> their recipe and it tastes like shit now. Uh-huh. But you know what? It didn't sound awful. It doesn't sound like it does now, obviously, but uh-huh. it didn't sound awful. It didn't sound awful? Yeah, no, it That's didn't good. sound that bad. Actually, it, you know, you can follow us on um, all your streaming services. Our episode's on there. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a good idea, though, to bring the beer back. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was it? Was it like a, you don't have to say the company. What kind of beer was it? Do you remember? Uh, it was a ale with uh, blood orange. Blood orange ale. Yes. Oh, I think I remember that. You know I which one I it is. The can, I yeah. feel like I just gave it away by saying that because there's, <laughs> well, there's only a, a bunch. there's a handful of companies that do that to like the mass quantity. Right. So. And I think we want a hundred episodes, only like repeating like once or twice, and maybe having like wine or something a couple times. I almost got episode. that Sam. Ad- I was like, like shut up all out and get that Sam Adams Utopus. It's not a Michigan <laughs> beer, but it's like, have you have you any of you heard of that Uh-oh. Sam Adams no. Utopia? All right. So what it is, Sam Adams created a beer that's about. I'd say it's about, I don't want to say it is how how many it's like like maybe like a fifth like the size of a fifth but it's twenty eight percent ABV. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it's banned in like fourteen states. That's ridiculous. That's Michigan's crazy. not one of them. That's <laughs> yeah. that's too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's ridiculous. I had it a couple. I had it last year actually when I worked uh, for a distributor, and oh no, not last year, two years ago. And to be honest with you. It's not good. I was going to say, it's I, not it doesn't good. seem Something like it would be wasting much alcohol. There's no, there is no point whatsoever to have a 28% beer. Like, no. That's just a fle- that's just a rich people flex to have so does shit it, like that. Right. Does it come in like a mini snifter, like a shot glass? It kinda, low key, it kind of looks like a upside down pimp cup. Okay, it yeah. Kinda <laughs> like a, it kind of looks like a chalice. Uh, I'll pull it up real quick. <laughs> Speaking of which, we gotta bring that flight thing that you got made. Um, oh, the beats and to the start bringing that to the out, pod. Damn, I wish I knew the name of that company. Uh, I was at the beer. I was at a beer fest in Indiana, and we ran into one of these. Uh, we ran into this booth, and this guy had like was doing like woodwork and stuff like that. Oh. I'm like, dude, I want a flight board so bad. So I had him engrave beats, brews, and points of view on a flight board. And he actually gave me the glasses too. So I'm like, fuck. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we gotta bring that. Start using that for when we sample the beer. Shout out to Lindy in the background, like you know, Indiana native. <laughs> Not to spoil it, but I actually brought you something that would go with that. Oh yeah! Mm-hmm. Oh, I like oh, gifts for your hundredth episode. <laughs> Stickers <laughs> and a gift. Say, this they is rolling crazy. in with gifts. You know man. what I'm saying, man? Well, <laughs> yeah, I got a little stone. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah, <laughs> oh. but it's a huge accomplishment. You know what? I it we should have brought. It feels in? good. We should have got strolls. <laughs> we got what? <laughs> we should have got strolls for the hundredth episode. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, normally we wait a little bit and we do the interview and then we get into the beer. But I feel like cheers into this hundredth episode, Ooh, so I yeah. think let's get into the beer first. Actually, we I should say the wine. <laughs> That's right. We're going. Cla- we're classy bras today, guys. And mini <laughs> solo cups. Yeah, yeah, and mini solo cups. <laughs> I'm gonna say, yeah, you know, can't be too classy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so from Detroit Vineyards, we have a sweet red that is made in Detroit. I'm gonna read off this uh this French a lot of a lot of French going on here in this description. Uh, sorry if I botched the name. This guy's been dead probably for a hundred years, so it doesn't matter. So, Anton de la Moth Cadillac, extached a vineyard in Detroit in 1702, one of the very first in North America. He delighted, delight, delighted in grapes that he found here and described them as 
Raisin de vin. I don't. Did food? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just knew it was coming, man. I'm like, I, I don't know. So French. Glad you Is guys that why you asked me to read the description? Adventurements <laughs> de bon je qui fera un bon excellent. Great. <laughs> hey for effort, buddy. Now, and that was a quote, by the way. And he hasn't even drank the wine yet. <laughs> At Detroit, I'm like, I'm having a stroke while reading this. I'm like, I'm having a stroke. At Detroit Vineyards, we use classic French uh, vineyard practices in unison with modern-day winemaking techniques to produce wine, com combining the best of what the old and new world has to offer, made from a carefully crafted blend of Clamborance, Marischal, Falch, oh, God damn, <laughs> <laughs> and Chancellor Nor Noir grapes from grown near the shore of Lake Michigan. Our sweet red features aromas and flavors of black cherry and currant. Yeah, try to read that shit. <laughs> like, that is oh, hilarious. I applaud you for trying, sir. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Thank I'm you like, so much for not asking me to read that. Damn, I almost had an aneurysm. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you know if you bring in wine, practice beforehand. Right, ironically <laughs> enough, I, uh, I actually dropped French uh, my freshman year of high school, so that, nice. that might have something to We couldn't to do tell. With it. Yeah, you know, right? <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was pretty uh, fluent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, anyways, <laughs> as we do on the podcast, while we're trying out the um, drink of the week, which is this beautiful wine that we're about to have, um, we read off some of the birthdays and play some of the music of them. Um, so I wanted to read off that list. It's another long one, as always. Um, yeah, Nile Rogers from Chic. Um, his birthday was last week. Jay Electronica, Capadonna from Wu Tang, Exhibit, No Name, Dougie Fresh, Sci High the Prince. Nas, Swiss Beats, Tom Hardy, and Amy Winehouse. That's Amy. a lot of, a lot of uh, hey. great Amy, man. Oh, you saved God. it for last. And she would only be 38 still, That's which is like, it so just sad. breaks my heart still. I'm like, God damn it. And I'm really sad that she we had, didn't get to go. Danae and I were going to go check out this. Um, shout out to Will from At Will Band that we had on last week. Um, they did like an Amy Winehouse tribute show for her birthday on Friday at Willis Show Bar, but... I didn't realize you had to get tickets or reserve a table beforehand on the website, and I guess they had sold it out. So, womp womp. <laughs> you know, Amy Winehouse has so much more music in the tuck, man. It's not oh, yeah, funny. for sure. Like, and then, unfortunately, um, in sad news, we had to say goodbye to Norm MacDonald last week, mm -hmm. um, legendary comedian. Um, he's always been a favorite of mine because me and my best friend Alex used to be obsessed with Dirty Work growing up. That was like our favorite movie to watch. There's so many quotable parts in it. And plus, you have a few other comedy greats that we've lost in there, too. Chris Farley's in it. Don Rickles is in it. And uh, it's actually pretty cool. I was watching this interview where they are talking about the scene with Don Rickles. And they said he had flown in for just one day to film that one scene in the movie theater. And uh, they said they almost couldn't use any of the footage because every fucking take, they said the entire cast would just bust out laughing because <laughs> he would improv like the whole thing. And they couldn't get their shit together for it. So... Um, yeah, anyways, rest in peace, Norm MacDonald, one of the funniest stand-up comedians of all time. Um, yeah, we're going to play some I just of the love music. him. And um, You ever watch Mike Tyson Mysteries? Mike Tyson Mysteries? No, what is that? you never seen Mike Tyson Mysteries? Uh -uh. I haven't Holy seen it either. Holy shit. All right, so, uh, you know, Adult Swim, you know, puts out a bunch of weird cartoons, yes. as they always do. And Mike and Tyson Mysteries. And they are. And that's, they're great. And that's why Adult Swim, honestly, is one of my favorite animation studios, yes. just because they crank out some of the craziest shit that's, like, just different. Mike Tyson Mysteries was one of those shows. Norm MacDonald played Pigeon. He actually played like a talking pigeon that was oh, helping us awesome. solve crimes. <laughs> that's crazy. 
When was this on? Was this older? No, I think it was. St- I think it's still currently on TV. Okay. Like, I, I want to say 2017 till about now. Okay. So. I don't think I've had cable since then, so. Uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. We haven't had. Well, no, I guess we have internet cable at the house. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, like, no, nobody really has cable. But, like, we, as, <laughs> as I discussed with Eric last night, we have so many streaming services these days mm-hmm. where it's about the price. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I need the Augs core back so I can. Oh. Uh, Pass the the Augs. Yep. Whoa, sorry, everybody. <laughs> that sounded... Oh, my bad. What? Uh, yeah, I was supposed to control it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. All right. Well, apologies, guys. <laughs> um, Everything's yeah, good. we're good. Um, anyway, so starting off the music, here's a little bit of David Bowie's Last Dance, because Niall Rogers played guitar on Electronica, who we are going to claim for Detroit, even though he's not really Detroit. But okay. <laughs> 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 so, all you scared to death, Negro. Just sit down. You come out to defend our enemy. You sit down and you shut up and tell your master to come on out and deal with me. off his album. I couldn't even find Exhibit A on streaming for some reason. I don't know if I was looking up something wrong, but this is the Ghost Soldier Slim off of. Uh, Jay Z compilation. Yeah, pretty yeah. much a Jay Z yeah. compilation. <laughs> <laughs> a little Capadonna and uh, Ghostface Killer. Nice Yo, it's the burial ground sound done. Speaking of which, the Wu Tang show on Hulu is fucking amazing. You should watch it. Staten Island putting chills in y'all niggas. Forever in it. Yo. My devastating hot 97 mentality Keep me on point for my four-digit salary Heavyweight lyric, never lost one calorie I'm soon to be seen on a TV screen Gambino, cappuccino to the Afro scene Stay black where I'm at, high road to rap council Splash love to woo in the orderly tonsil Never limited addiction, cause chaos to mixing Brutalize a Another one we're gonna claim from Detroit Even though he claims California <laughs> Exhibit Wanna well, say Big Sean? <laughs> no, Exhibit okay. <laughs> Actually, no, Big Sean's the reverse of a couple that. of Detroiters yeah. on here because it's Exhibit and Eminem and then rest in peace Nate Dog. best hook man in the game ever, bro ever. best hook man in the game I don't think anyone can fuck with that person Nate Dog. yeah this ain't beef Big 
like spirit in this bitch I'm ghostly, rush me Cause you ain't gonna live to roast me I had my motherfucking ass kicked by Moby If I let some bitch in a can like this cop hold for me to do war And try to bring my crew back down Why did Eminem beef with Moby? Why was that a thing? In turn, you know what's funny about that too? What was that line he had? It was like, Moby, let go, you're too old Nobody listens to techno And Moby, you can get Moby, you can get stomped by Obi. Yeah, for sure. Didn't he? I think like when Moby was on SNL, like shortly after that, he had a T-shirt on that said "I love Eminem" on it, and I thought that was fucking hilarious. Oh, that's so funny. I love that. I love the subtle little disses. Yep, me too. Me too. Little sneak dip. And Moby's shade. And arguably, more people probably listen to Moby now than they listen to Eminem. Honestly, well, maybe not. I don't know. But Moby's still like headlining fucking festivals and shit, which is kind of crazy. Eminem, he can do whatever he wants. That's true. Yeah, he can, but he kind of went downhill. Yeah, a little bit. Definitely. Eminem surprisingly has made it out of like just how the era is right now because we're a lot like no more PC these days. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm surprised like he's still thriving in it a little yeah. bit because there's a lot of he's got like 20 years of uh, back catalog there. Yeah. <laughs> <There's> like, <laughs> yeah. All he right. Does. Get through the rest of these bad boys. Here's a total vibe switch with uh, hip hop artist No Name. Our Shy favorite, little, my, one of my favorite little activists on the internet. <laughs> Did I see her live with you? No. I, I never saw her. I love the way she raps. Yeah. So cool. no she puts in the live band. She's, yeah, she's dope. Man. I saw her in uh, the ma uh, Majestic. Yeah, she's like maybe I'm an issue after autumn and all of the falling collars and ringers when singers hitting my telly and telly page and my beeper the reefer got me like whoa slow down I need a minute for minute's sake a dinner plate a Casanova with catalogs of his dinner days make me feel special J Electro so I need a nigga to follow me to the <laughs> and that's becoming cool circle yeah right there <laughs> she has such like a natural just like conversational flow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she really does and here's the two birds with one stone right here you got Nas and Dougie Fresh both of their birthdays last week the song's called Virgo that's just fitting as well Doug Fresh on the beatbox Baby girl, won't you come and hold my hand? Won't you come and chill out with the Virgo? Hey girl, just come and hold my hand. Won't you come and just chill with the Virgo? We sipping on Merlot. You ain't got to be my girl though. I drop you off at Willoughby and Murdo. Smash with the Virgo. Ain't got to take a shirt off. You see me convince your home girl though. Uh, she says her life is too hard. She says that she want to come and deal with the God. Promise me that she going to play her part. Because what I spit gets straight to her heart. And she damn fine. Feet hammer time. Damn if I mind. Long as the bu bubbling back of your waistline. I don't waste time. I got to get on it, just you and me, two glasses, silver patroning in the club scene where I met Miss Green Eyes. Uh -huh. She walked by asking me, are you nice? Why? If you was, I'd be totally twice. What's that? Totally with a TWI. <laughs> well, here Here's I a gentleman I'd like to hear from more often than just on Kanye West's albums, but um, here is Sahada Prince. What's that, Jay Hanukkah? Nah, dude, Sahada. <laughs> <laughs> you only put out no dope on Sundays, and then fucking... I love this album. I feel like it hasn't... Well... How long ago was this now? Like four years? 2018. Yeah, I think so. I remember on social media he put, he said he has an album coming, but he's shopping it around the labels because he's independent. So. Uh, he's not with good music anymore. No, nah, he hasn't been with good music. I don't even think he was good music after 
I think this is his last one with them. Probably Ghostwriter for Kanye and shit, though. This is him and Pusha T out here. Ooh, I love this song. Pusha T got that part without the drums, too. Yeah. No dope on Sundays. That's only if you really out here getting money. No dope on Sundays. You know the trap bad booming Monday, but no dope on Sundays. I gotta look up all the songs he wrote for Kanye. This the day you do the laundry. No dope on Sundays. I think most of uh, my beautiful dark juice fantasy was probably Sahas Pat. Nah, I ain't a street nigga, just a nigga in the street. Any other day to Sunday, I can get you what you need. I'm talking like a couple keys. Want the men come fuck with me? Pounds of Kush come hustle these. The cars we push is luxury. Oh, I heard you want the lean. Nah, that's not my cup of tea, but I can pull a few strings. Let me work my puppetry. Uh, anything from crack to puppy food. And Nas is coming back with another one here because this is a Swiss Beach track. I mean, Nas is one of the greatest. This Can we get a chance? And rap on here is Woo! fucking Chaz. so good, man. I mean, the echo of life Nas's is the words. echo of love, and the echo of love is the echo from above. And some people they don't even really know what they're doing. God damn! I mean, can you feel this? Can you feel the vibe? Can you feel the zone? The zone that we own, the zone that we own. I mean, the zone that we own is the zone of our own. Goddamn, you can smell the cologne. Fly nigga shit, fly fresh, yeah. Came back, goddamn, double breast, yeah. The suit that is, the suit that is. I'm trying to make a billing for the kids that is. I mean, it's echo. Echo, echo. Do the love, yeah. Came back like the Michael Jackson glove, yeah. We just shining, we just shining. Rewind the track just to remind it, yeah. From Newark to BX to Queens, came back, man, we see who next, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toast to the kings, yeah. Toast to the queens up in here, yeah. The album name, damn, it's a poison. So many people make it poison. Man, the life can be poison. You can talk crazy, bring it forward, yeah! That's going crazy on the song. Devil in a New Dress. It's called Echo. No, I mean, like, remember Devil in a New Dress with Kanye and Rick Ross? It's not. No, not this song. Oh. But the, the beat. It's oh. the same beat. Yeah, no. It's the same sample. It's not the same beat. It's the same sample. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's not. It is the same sample. Play Devil in a New Dress. I swear to God, this is the same sample. <laughs> I still think you should make a playlist for all the songs that you play. Uh, I, I still think you should make a playlist for every song I, that you play. I do need to start doing that. I always yeah. list the music that we play, but um, let me pull this up for you, man. <laughs> Nay, we are going to interview you, I swear to God. Oh, <laughs> We're gonna interview you. This is fine. <laughs> I actually, I, when I was looking... I don't want to give too much away about what I got, but when I was looking for it, I was, I came across something that was like a podcast that's just two guys talking over each other the whole time, and I wanted to get it so bad, but I think what I got is better. <laughs> All right, let me hear, if, see if E-Man's right here. Not even fucking close. <laughs> you one second in. It's not <laughs> even the same vocal sample. I love it, though. Slow, totally it's different. Slow down. <laughs> it's completely different. 
<laughs> it's just a sped up vocal voice that you're hearing the similarity. You put like you listen to it for two <laughs> seconds because the sample you comes. Literally listen to the it. The sample like, comes. That's not it at all. Could you shut up and let me talk for a second? <laughs> no, you don't the let me talk. The sample literally comes in in the first second. Yeah. That's why I was able to call it out that quick. We also let how quick it comes in, right in the beginning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, go back. Go back to the, go back to it. Go back to it, and then let's finish this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's all I got for the birthdays. Um, I think that's all the birthdays, right? Yeah. Oh shit, no. Um, no. What is wrong with me, dude? My favorite one of them all, and I don't even fucking pull her up. This is just despicable on my part. You feel Amy Winehouse? Fucking Amy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was bummed about that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Shout out, shout out to the nappy daddy, man. Yep. Mm, yeah. Shout out to the Pod with like Dave Chappelle I haven't heard that yet. They don't, they you got to pay for it on Luminary, but oh, the okay. first episode's for free, and they actually talk about um, their experiences hanging out because it's about like people like appreciating people when they're gone, like in the moment and stuff like that, hanging out with them. So they ha- talked about hanging out with Amy Winehouse and hanging out with uh, Robin Williams. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I should have played Cherry Wine um, because that's Nas and Amy. I forgot that they have the same birthday. <laughs> they have the same birthday. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yep. that's cool. Yeah, she that that song, Mr. Jo- uh, me and Mr. Jones. That's mm-hmm. all about Nas. <laughs> oh. She's like a huge, huge Nas fan. She was. So. Oh yeah, they talked about that too. Mm-hmm. They talked about yeah, Amy was such a big Nas fan. Like she was like really high. Like uh, at the time, like they were got the first beat. She like I am trying to sober up right now because I want to meet Nas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she talks. She references hip hop like more than you would think in her music. Like uh, she talks about Slick Rick a couple times. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I love Amy. She was my favorite. There's never gonna be another there, one. There will no. never be another Amy. That's for sure. But um, anyways, yeah, that wine was super duper sweet. <laughs> Speaking of cherry sweet wine, red, man. <laughs> sweet it's pretty red good. Indeed. I'm usually not like a red wine person, mm-hmm. but I actually would drink a whole glass of this. Yeah, it actually tastes pretty good because um, normally when I'm drinking wine, it's $3 holler from uh, fucking Aldi. <laughs> yeah. so, so having a little bit nicer of a wine tastes pretty delicious. You said it's, it's right here in Detroit too, right? Yeah. That's cool. Where, right. uh, I wonder where this is at. Let's see. Uh, oh, it's over. Wait, is this in Cadillac? Yeah, no, I don't know. No, oh, there's the, a okay. No, you're now you're reading all the French stuff I bought. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, I'm not it's even tough, gonna... right? But anyways, uh, without further ado, let's get to talking some music with Danae. Here. All right. Um, so I guess one thing that I always like to ask people is like, what got you into music and making it your own? First off. Ooh. Okay. Well. My sisters and I would always put on music in the living room and we would make dance routines. And I didn't consciously remember this, but looking at old videos and like, you know, home videos, I realized I always had a fake microphone in my hand and I always was singing like completely wrong lyrics. Um, But I was just really touched by it. It Mm -hmm. really spoke to me. It was the only thing that I really felt like I related to. Um, That was kind of like my emotional outlet. And then another thing that got me into actually like singing was my dad, he's hard of hearing. He's like 
pretty deaf. Um, and in the car on the way to school, he would drive me to school or daycare, you know, wherever. And he would be blasting like Motown and just like, you know, the Temptations and all these people. And I knew he couldn't hear me. So I would just be singing like so loud in the back. And that became like my daily routine. And I don't know, it just really felt like the only thing that kind of felt like me. Uh-huh. How did you know that you could sing? Because I think we've all like tried it out in the shower and shit. But like, how did you know that? Like, oh, I've actually got a good voice. I still don't. <laughs> I, no, I um, I I have a unique voice. Uh-huh. So, I actually didn't sing in front of people. Like, my family didn't even know what I sounded like until I was like twenty three. Really? That's because crazy. My voice was so unique. Anytime I showed someone, I would get made fun of. Uh-huh. Because when you have a unique voice, it doesn't sound good when you're like learning how to sing. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I was pretty much just like a shower, closet, you know, room, like very private singer. I didn't, I wasn't in choir. I didn't take lessons. You know, I I actually didn't start taking lessons until the last six months. So I really just felt it and I really just wanted to be that. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept doing it and I did it every day and. Yeah, I still still have my days where I'm like, man, I I'm not, I, I suck. <laughs> it definitely is super unique sounding. Like you can, I mean, you recognize that like almost immediately. I, Thank I think you. we've showed now Nappy and Will on the last two podcasts, and within like ten seconds, they're like, oh yeah, this is tight. Yeah, I'm gonna oh, cool. I'm gonna reach out. <laughs> I think my intro to you was, um, I think I was just finishing up my album, and then I was working with Dilo at that time, and I think Posey was just coming out like, mm-hmm. around that time too. And then I literally I listened to the whole thing as it came out, and I texted him like, "This is probably the best thing I've ever heard you do, mm-hmm. mine including myself." Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> so I want like, when did you decide to pursue this as like a career path? Well, I've always wanted to. Okay. That that was definitely you know, my <laughs> I found a journal recently that had it was like a diary from when I was like I don't know in third grade or something, and it said like I want to be a singer and a cheerleader. <laughs> I never wanted to be a cheerleader after that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I've just always, like I said, it's the only thing that's felt like me. It's I've had such a struggle with like pursuing other things because I've always been told music isn't practical. You know, my family is very much so like you go to school, you get a real job, you, you know, you work in an office, you do this, you do that. And so I always really strayed away from it, but I never could fight that urge to like, I want to do this. Like I need to do this. And even with writing, writing is, you know, that it means so much to me to be able to get my thoughts out in a way that I can understand them. So it kind of just was always in me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't something that I ever really decided I wanted to do. It was something that I felt like I was born to do. I love that. I mm-hmm. love that, too. Uh, um, so when did you decide, like, like the guitar playing, too, like, to incorporate that into it? Because like I know a lot of people like they can play guitar and and they can sing, but sometimes people can't do it at the same it's time. It's hard, so, like, dude. It is when hard. When did you find like <laughs> like get that balance and get start working that into the repertoire? Yeah, so I signed up for a songwriting class in college, um, probably in 2016. That was my first introduction to being a musician and to singing in front of people. I'd never sang in front of people uh, besides on the playground in like fourth grade, and I didn't know how to play guitar but I knew it said in like the syllabus like bring a guitar and so I was like oh shit like I don't know how to play guitar so I literally just was made something up on guitar and I wrote a song to it and I played it in front of the class horribly (laughs) and the first thing that and I was shaking so bad too and the first thing the teacher said was hey I teach guitar lessons like let's teach you how to play this because 
that uh, that wasn't anything. <laughs> like those weren't even chords. Um, so Spencer, uh, my first mentor, he actually taught me how to play guitar, and I'm I haven't practiced in probably a year. I'm not a guitar player, mm -hmm. but I can accompany myself if I need to. Um, yeah. I don't know how the really good ones do it. Like maybe like playing rhythm would be easy or not easy, but uh, like learnable. But like sometimes you see like these three piece bands where it's like the lead singer is also playing lead guitar and you're like, how the fuck do you focus on the both of those? I don't get yeah. it. So <laughs> it's funny because I have an easier time playing guitar when I'm singing uh -huh. than when I do without singing. And oh, it's really? because I keep time. I've always been a singer. So uh -huh. I keep time with like my body and, you know, my mind. And when I'm playing guitar, it's just such a, it's so similar, but it's so different. Mm -hmm. So like, I can't keep time that way. So if I'm singing, I can keep time. And um, it really depends on the rhythm though, because if it's like some, if it's crazy vocals over like a crazy rhythm, that's when it gets really difficult. Yeah. I'll see like John Mayer playing and he'll be like in the middle of a guitar solo oh, yeah. and singing at the same time. I'm like, I don't even understand. It's like <laughs> doing something with your right hand and your left hand. Yeah, like, totally. It's very difficult until you learn how to do it. Yeah. And then it's almost more difficult to do it separately. Uh -huh. It's like rubbing your stomach. It's like you gotta your head. almost yeah. like train your brain in a way to like get it like the time down and everything uh -huh. like that. I, I, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be hard. And then you see these other guys. I, mean, I just I love people that do multiple things. Like especially watching it live. Like you see a lot of these people like um, like FKJ who does like he'll play like fifty instruments. You know, he Masego. just like loops everything. Oh, and it's just Masego like, is so tight. Crazy. <laughs> That's actually how I like FKJ and Masego's uh, Tadao. It's mm -hmm. like. I was like, this video is crazy. That's how I found them too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's nuts too because like if you asked like an, an average person who FKJ is, they have no idea, right? But then you go on YouTube and their videos have like 8, 10, 12 million views. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same thing with producers a mm -hmm. lot of the time too. And it's unfortunate, but the main vocalist is usually, you know, the lead person that people remember yep. they remember their voice they totally. remember you know their words and everything mm -hmm. um so yeah shout out to producers and we just talked about that last week actually that's like one of our favorite features on title is because i'm i mean i'm super nerdy so i want to know who produced it everything who played on it yeah. and everything you know who wrote it and everything so i love that they added like the credits button so you can actually yes. get a view on that especially in hip-hop because i have more respect for the producers than the rappers 90 percent of the time like, well, uh, yeah, I guess not 90% of the time, but a lot of the time, <laughs> like, I, it matters to me who produced that <laughs> shit, and, like, because they're equally, you know, they put half of the song together, too, you yeah. know? Yeah, like, right. Well, and it's such and a, a producer, cool... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh. It's such a cool feature to have that option, because now I can go and look at who produced a song, find them on Instagram, and then message them and try yep. to work with them. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy, man. People are pretty accessible on the internet. Like, yeah. All you gotta do is reach out. I mean, look at, uh, do, look at Paris. Right. Paris and uh, Shinsky. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that one, how yeah. that one. Yeah, if you're uh, if you didn't catch the Paris episode, uh, Paris or was talking Deontay about Deontay Visible. Like, sorry oh yeah, for sorry. You guys. Yeah, Deontay Visible. He was talking about how you know, like he'd been listening to Shinsky's beats forever. Like it was just like a fan, and he was like, one day I just decided to you know get some guts and ask him if I could work with him, and he was like. He was he sent a message back to Paris saying that he would pay him. He was like, "No way, dude." He's like, "No, no, no, no. I just let's just work, bro. You don't got to pay me. I'm a fan." That's so, so cool. That's the dream. That is like, yeah. I would say like it's more to producers than just making beats. Like you're really like arranging songs. You're trying to fend, like figure out like what actually goes into this to make this like 
uh, you know, perfect. What makes yeah. this a hit? So you're doing that. You're actually figuring out, like, in some like some of my case, like, it's like trying to find vocalists or something like that. Or if you're trying to, like, say, like, okay, yeah, this this bar doesn't go here. You got to rearrange that. Like, figure out like what type of sound goes where it's it's a lot more into it than just making beats yeah it's also you know directing singers and people who are instrumentalists and um i know for myself especially at first i had a really hard time saying like what i wanted the beat to sound like like with posey i had all those songs written on guitar and dilo he created all of the beats around my guitar and like what i was doing with my vocals and there were so many times where I like just could not vocalize what I wanted, and that it's just you, you can't read a mind, you mm-hmm, know. Right. So like to be able to sit there and work through it and figure it out, it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of time, and yeah, a producer they do a lot. Mm-hmm, that's for sure. I was like, it's kind of, you just reminded me of this. I was just watching Drink Champs. Uh, Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs was just on Drink Champs, and he was talking about when they got signed, like. He said they'd been rapping forever, right? But they never had any producers, were and they, they didn't know how to do was it. Was that Ruthless? Uh, yeah, they were okay. on yeah Easy E's label. Yep. Um, but he's like, before Easy E picked us up, he's like, we never had, we never were in the studio, we never had any beats, so we had just been writing rhymes to no music forever. Mm-hmm. So like, when they finally got us in the studio, we knocked out the album in like a week because they're like, how the hell did you write all this shit so fast? Like, we've been written this you shit. You know who like- else was like that? <laughs> Zach Delaroca from Rage Against the Machine. Oh really? Like he had like books uh-huh. of shit and then they just kind of like him and uh tom Morello and the rest of the band stuff like that they kind of like to put it together and like okay yeah this is that <laughs> that's it's the same for me i mean i have i have all my notebooks still and there's probably 16 to 20 of the like you know the four section like school notebooks just filled front to back with mm-hmm. songs and most of those are without any instrumental or anything and it's crazy because i have songs that i i was looking through them recently and I couldn't do it from memory, but I remember when I was reading certain lyrics, I could sing that whole song still. And I wrote it when I was like eight years old. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That's what Crazy Bone did too on the episode. He was talking, they were like, because they were asking him, because um, I guess they got his deal by like, they got Easy's phone number somehow and he called them back. And Crazy Bone just grabbed the phone and started rapping. And uh, <laughs> he still remembered. He was like, he was one of 18 years old and I still remember the rap. And he, recited it on drink champs i'm like that's pretty crazy he's like i've never performed this song but i always remembered that because it was like the thing that got us the deal what was your what was your first show oh so i've only played probably with including open mics i think i've only played maybe 10 shows in my life because i never started performing until 2019 okay um that's when i first started making music and so my very first show was at unity vibrations hey shout out Um, to you yeah, well, actually, I performed in school for my songwriting okay. class, but I don't know if that counts. Um, so first real show with me, Unity Vibrations, uh, with my friend Jay Donahue, um, really talented artist. And yeah, I was, that's where I kept hitting my face on the mic. I was very <laughs> nervous. It was, I remember I went to the bathroom like 10 times to just like calm down. Mm-hmm. And I, there was this guy that kept being like, I could tell he was judging me and I wanted to be like, you don't understand. I'm so nervous. Like I'm not even going to the bathroom. I'm just really just breathing. Yep. I've like, can honestly say I've made almost every mistake you can when performing. I fell off stage. I've showed up yep. drunk with shows. Like, <laughs> I've done every mistake you can possibly make a live performer can do. Like knock shit over. Like, I know. Shit like, happens. I remember uh, circa 2014, I want to say when Blondie's was a thing on mm-hmm. Fort street, downtown Detroit. Uh, it used to be like a really big like club. It shut down now though, but they have like a stage like like five, four or five feet off the ground. 
I fell up the stage, like up the <laughs> stairs, getting on, and I also jumped off stage and ate shit. Oh no. <laughs> That's funny, actually, to call back to Norm Macdonald. You know, I've been kind of inundated with Norm, Norm Macdonald material since he passed. I've been just watching a bunch of stuff and interviews and stuff. And he was like, and it's relatable to music, too, but he was like, with comedy, eating shit on stage is like such a part of the art form. It. He's like, it just happens. You're going to do it. It's going to have mm-hmm. to do it. And he's like, I like to double down on it. He's like, if I start to bomb, I will ride with that emotion for the rest of the show, and I will purposely tank the rest of my fucking show. And then I'll wait outside and greet every single motherfucker <laughs> on the way out of the venue. No, that's venue. the way to do it. Honestly, like, it's almost a rite of passage as a performer to straight up eat shit. Yeah. You know? Like, you yeah. have to. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to know, you have to really suck to really appreciate when you become good. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like. And I feel, it's almost, yeah. You, it's and just it's, it's tough, man. I, I mean, we've had conversations outside of this where I know that you're like nervous about like and you get stage fright as mm-hmm. well. And, like, I black that's, out. And that's not that uncommon. Like there's a lot of musicians like that's how mm-hmm. Avicii developed such bad alcoholism. Yeah. Because he would drink before every show because he was so fucking terrified to perform. Yeah. Even though everybody loved him and he knew that like and they're all there to see him. You know what I mean? I mean it, but you still a, just like I terrible. mean, in an artist's mind, I feel like you're... You kind of come with this mentality that like you're only as good as like your last performance yes. type deal or your last song or yeah. whatever it may be. So you're just one, you know, wrong like switch. And in Avicii's case, one wrong like transition away or stumble away or whatever it may be mm-hmm. from, you know, just ending the shit all. So, yeah. 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 And artists like, I mean, you've got obviously a bunch of different kinds, but a good portion of artists are really nervous like emotional people like that's why their art is so good is they feel things very deeply mm-hmm. but that includes nerves like I get sick I yeah. throw up before shows which is not helpful to my voice at all um yeah it's just and there's no reason to feel like that it's just it's like just the, I think it's the like the it's the adrenaline yeah. and the bigness of like all these people are staring at me right now as I'm talking like I have no problem. I've always been an outgoing person. It's never been hard for me to talk to people. Public speaking, totally different fucking animal mm-hmm. for me. Like, I used to be, I'd be the guy in class that's so just, like, fucking sitting there the whole time, like, <laughs> oh, my God, I hope she doesn't call me. I hope she doesn't call me. Mm-hmm. I hope she doesn't call me next. I hope she doesn't call me next. But then, like, I don't know. It's just, you got to just put yourself out there, I, I guess. I know. Actually, this year, uh, shout out to Taylor Greenshield. Fun mm-hmm. Fest uh, happened, this, like, this past summer. And I haven't my I my like I'm in the same boat. I haven't played a show in like two years almost at this time. And then they did like an open mic thing, and I was like, I'm sitting next to Lindsay. At the time. I'm like, I want to get up there. I want to get up there. I want to <laughs> get up there. Fuck it, I'm doing it. Yeah. And it was like a bunch of people outside, and I just knocked it out. And I'm like, nice. it sounded good. But uh-huh. I'm like, damn, I'm really glad I did that shit. And then there's times where I should have just sat in my seat. <laughs> so like, Here's another little helpful tip for when you get big and people start to know your songs. This is another thing Crazy Bone said. He's like, because they're asking him, like, how do you keep up with how fast you rap live? Like, how do you do that live? And he's like, if I fumble over the lyrics, I forget them. I just put the mic in the crowd because they'll remember the shit. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, but anyways, I wanted to also ask you about this Motown Accelerator program that you were oh, just part yeah. of. Yes, that was a huge accomplishment. I wanted to win. I didn't win, but I made top five mm-hmm. out of like That's 500 or something people. Um, amazing experience. I actually, I got into top 25 last year as well. Um, and, you know, both last year and this year, I really had to face the, you know, the music of like, I'm still not ready. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I really... I was kind of devastated a little bit, honestly. I had to, I was the only girl to make it to top five, right? And I really thought that meant that I got it because they've, in the past, they've always done a girl and a guy. Mm -hmm. Um, That didn't mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) But it was an amazing experience. So we did six weeks of um, 
you go through the rounds of like you make top 50, then you make top 25, you're uh, meeting with like songwriters who write for um, Beyonce and Brianna and just crazy. all these crazy people. Yeah, and you do interviews with them and you, I had to write a song with a beat they gave me in a day and like record a video to it and like submit it. And they just put you through all these little tests, you know? And um, so yeah, I made it through all the rounds, made it to top 10. And then once you get to top 10, you get a $500 grant, which I used for a music video. Um, and you get six weeks of industry training where we met a couple times a week and we did one-on-ones with the directors. And yeah, you just learn about the industry. You learn about, you know, the business side of things and finances and taxes and all these crazy things. Um, meet with some people. It was cool because I was meeting with people who I didn't know I already followed on Instagram and already like, you know, like knew who they were. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that it was a really amazing experience. And if I'm allowed to, I think I'm going to try next year. Yeah, oh, you should. Sure. Absolutely. Because yeah. if, you, if you bumped up from that to top five the last year, next, next time you're going to win. Yeah. I hope you so. I'm going to say, it only go up. Yeah. <laughs> they did it a little differently this year, too, because normally they pick four artists, right? Um, but this year, they did it so that they picked two artists, and they had managers in it as well. Mm -hmm. um, so they would pick two artists and two managers. And we all got paired with a manager. So I have a manager now, which is really cool. Dope. Um, and yeah, and then you guys, you go through it together. That's sweet. Mm -hmm. Man, we should start like a, a Beats and Brews type of Detroit American Idol. <laughs> it's yeah. like all I wanted to do in my life is be a judge on a singing it show. Was, ours, ours <laughs> like all probably, I want to do. Ours would probably be more like rhythm and flow. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, good you're right. show, though. Yeah. It might be better than... a good show. Yeah. might be better than American Idol. I've tried out so. for American Idol and The Voice a couple times, Have actually. You really? Yeah, I was, I was young, though. I was like 15 and 16, maybe 17. Did you see the new show that's out right now with the avatars? No. Oh, I oh saw the mask that. scene. Yeah. No, they're no, like no, 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 not the backstage with like. I don't even. But it's like you're it. like so. So you're hooked up to like this like CGI like gear and stuff like that, and then you have like an avatar. You could be like a bee or a alien or something like that. It's not. It's like the mass singer, but it's all CGI. Okay. So like you're just like a computer generated like person, but the vocals are like actual the person. It's okay. Like, that's kind of like cool. Dude, I don't know how long these shows could keep going. Oh. Yeah, right. Like, they're, they're probably reaching now, bro. They're reaching. Hey, I'm oh. like, Mass Singer was cool for a minute, and then the Mass Dancer and all that. I'm like, I don't know about this one. I'm I would say the only this that one specifically is more up my alley because no one would see me, right. you know. So like that's cool. It takes away from like the pressure of it a little bit. Mm. Whereas like the Mass Singer, you're still in this crazy costume doing like crazy things. Right. Like it's not really yeah. helping you hide. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. Actually, you know, I never even thought of it like that. That might be the way to like really, okay, just let my voice shine and mm -hmm. the, yeah. the, the, the CGI can do whatever the hell else it wants. Yeah. To. Yeah. I like but that, that thing yeah. would be kind of hard because you got to like kind of perform with this. Yeah, I mean, you shit. still got to you? You yeah. make the movie. Are you in like the suits? And yeah, 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 like you're backstage, but they have like the little you. ball thing that like had the CGI <laughs> right. stuff. So I got a question for you then. Since <clears throat> you tried out for both of these and I'm a fucking, everybody knows that I'm, uh, that's my guilty pleasure. It's not even a guilty pleasure at this point. <laughs> I just straight up fucking love American Idol. <laughs> but I know the way they frame that show is total bullshit. Yeah. So like there's, they make it seem like all these people are just waiting in line. Then you go in and try out and there's no way that it's like no. that. No. So uh, <laughs> basically the experience that I had, so I tried out for American Idol. I think I tried out for American Idol once in the voice twice. Um, American Idol Kind of the same concept for both. You you are in those long lines. Oh. Ryan Seacrest is there on the golf cart. <laughs> he is going around. He's shouting at people. Um, and then, you know, you go into this big, it's usually an arena of some sort, stadium. And they have all of these, um, not tents, but like, you know, fabric dividers. Mm -hmm. And they have four or so, however many talent scouts sitting at a table. And you're just in this 
line, this long, long line, and it's like the next five people, they call up to the first 10, the mm. next five people after that, second 10, and there's, I don't know, probably like 10 or something, and you literally just, they call you forward, you step forward, you sing, and everyone in the arena can hear you, you're singing over other people at the same That's time weird. as then. Oh, it, it was very nerve-wracking. It that was would, yeah, that'd very me. strange. The voice was a little different, it was a little bit more private, we went into private rooms uh-huh. rather than the everyone just doing it and in front of each other. And these are in front of different people before you even see the real judge, like the show's oh, judges, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, okay. they're like the pre-judges. Like the producers yeah, the of the show and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. They're, ta- they're talent scouts. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I don't know, I never made it, so I don't know what happens after that, uh, but I assume you make it through that round, you either go to another round or you go straight to like the actual judging yeah. that you see on TV. Any chance you're going to try this again? No. <laughs> no, so I've learned that American Idol, well, you know, it's shows like that, you kind of get roped into a contract that is in, they choose everything. They choose your label, they choose this, they choose that. And it's it's a really good way to break through, but it's not the greatest way for someone who is just starting out in music. Mm -hmm. And I think I seem a little bit more established than I am, but I'm just starting out in music. I don't have a background in it, and I just started making music in 2019. Played a couple shows, COVID happened. Mm -hmm. You know, I I really don't have that much experience. So I, I don't think getting up on a stage in front of that many people is like the best route for me to take. Plus, then they go, they like, this is the one part that I think is always kind of corny about American Idol, like, because I like just watching people sing good. Like, that's why I like it. I just picked up American Idol. Yeah, I know, but (laughs) this is is the part that I think is corny. Then they go like into like making your video package, right? Oh, yeah. So it's like whatever sad shit that happened to you in your life, they like play into that. Oh, yeah. Look at, he overcame this and this and this. The backstories. It feels fucking corny We We did have to fill out a form with our backstory. Uh Um, And that... I, I think, you know, it's not something I really thought about at the time when I was auditioning, but thinking back now, I would not have wanted to do that. I don't do well on camera. Like, I'm very nervous on camera, and I get really, like, awkward and, like, yeah. quirky, and, yeah, I don't think I would want to tell my whole life story on American Idol. Oh, so that's yeah. really putting tough. yourself out there. Man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It would be tough, for sure. You got to be really, like, open and secure, like, for that yeah. to come out. Yeah. And you need a really, like, heavy backstory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, so you, yeah, exactly. So speaking of the pandemic and that you kind of, you know, started your thing like right before it hit, did you find, you know, being in lockdown and all that um, like an inspiring time for you making music or was it kind of like, Ugh, blah, I can't think of anything because I'm not living, you know, like lockdown <laughs> was both hell for me and both the very beautiful experience. Uh-huh. I went through a ton of shit like I had health issues. I had my cat had health issues. I went through a breakup like it was a very rough time for me. I lost friends and I couldn't be creative. But once things started to lift a little bit, and I was quarantined alone for most of it. Yeah, that'd be tough. I, I, I kind of loved it. <laughs> I, there was one point where I went, I realized it was in the middle of winter. I had gone 12 days without going outside. Holy or shit. Leaving. <laughs> and, but I was creating. Yeah. And so that was like a very both crazy but beautiful like experience. And also I went through the tough, I went through a lot of like, ego death and a lot of just like you know death of who I was at that point in my life and had to really step back reassess I took down pretty much all the music I had made and it was because like I realized I didn't know who I was as an artist and I didn't want to misrepresent myself and also I had to go through the really tough realization that I didn't know how to sing I had to start taking lessons and it was not like to a point where it was like damaging me but I knew I was starting to get recognized and I knew if I kept this up, if I didn't, you know, learn how to do this correctly, 
it, I wouldn't last. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't work out for me. So I really had to kind of stop everything and relearn how to sing. And I had been singing for over 20 years. Yeah. And that was kind of devastating for me because it was, it's like walking. Like mm -hmm. you think you know how to walk. And then one day someone's like, oh, you have to relearn how to do all of this. It's, it was really, really challenging. Lessons are important, yeah. too, because singing is not just having a good voice. You know, mm -mm. You, gotta, you, have, you have to know how to keep time. You know, you have flat notes, you know, and you have to know sharp notes. You, you have to know, know how like to use your body. Shit. Yeah, and styling. Yeah. And, and, then, and, you know, and then when you get performances and you got, like, crowd control, mm -hmm. you've got, like, mm -hmm. actually, like, projecting. You, it's, it's different than, like, singing in front of your friends, than singing in a booth, than singing, like, in front of 20, 50, 100,000 50,000, whatever people it may be. Oh, yeah. No wonder why everyone just throws auto-tune on their shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's the standard. This is easier. <laughs> and, like, I had learned how to make bad technique sound good. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, you know, I, I did it. People didn't know I didn't know how to sing. But it's a world of difference. And I'm still learning. Like, I still haven't had it perfected. Shout out to Franklin. Franklin is my vocal coach. Um, but it's, it's very different. And, like... It's one thing to, you know, learn how to, you know, make bad techniques sound good. But it's an another thing to know how to use your body and do it correctly and still sound good. Because mm -hmm. I remember he was really helpful for me to, you know, like let go of like, I don't want to change how I'm singing because I don't want to change how I sound. And that was really tough for me because I had already started my career. I was already getting noticed. And when you're an upcoming artist and you're starting to get traction, you don't stop. Mm -hmm. You hit the gas and you go harder. And I really had to reassess my whole life and mm -hmm. be like, fuck, I have to like take some time off and I have to relearn and I have to, you know, like get myself in a place, not only physically, but emotionally where I can make this happen for myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm just now feeling like I'm getting to that place. Yeah. I know we've talked about this also and we, and we brought it up a little bit on the podcast last week about, you know, how everyone expects it to be this. I mean, and it does move fast, but like everyone expects it to be like an overnight success. Like they think that they're going to start making it, music today it takes and then tomorrow years. they're going to be Drake. You know what I it mean? It takes but 10 years <laughs> to be an overnight success. That's, yeah. That's what I've heard. And sure. I always thought it would be simple like that too. And I wanted, I was one of those people that I wanted to be a child star. You know, I, every step of the way I've thought I was ready. And mm -hmm. it wasn't until quarantine where I realized I am not ready. Like, I'm still not ready. Like, I need that time. I need to make mistakes on stage. I need to, like, develop. <laughs> exactly, figure out who I am. And even with the Motown Accelerator program, I didn't think I was ready the whole time until I hit that top five mark. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I got this. Like, I'm ready. I can do this. And then I didn't get it. And I'm like, fuck, I'm not ready. And it was, it's a blessing because I, I honestly... I was, if I would have gotten it, it would have happened the same time frame of me moving to a new city, me taking down all my music, me just like really reforming myself as a person and as an artist, and it would have been too much. I don't think I would have been able to handle all of the pressure of it. And so it really turned out to be like this beautiful moment of growth for me that really kind of like shook me out of like my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and there's a lot of shit that happens with child stars. Just yeah, that. that's a it's, fact. It's, we no, talked we, about we that quite a bit. We talked about that several episodes. <laughs> it's just like having that mental like maturity, mm -hmm. and then you have to have like a good circle around you to really like you know get through that. Otherwise, you could really fall into you know I'm gonna just break it. You can fall into the <laughs> bullshit of everything. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. So. And then like also, it's like a lot of those people with since they're child stars, they're doing the adult life as a kid. You know. Mm -hmm. So then. 
once a show ends or whatever, a lot of the times they go crazy, you know, drugs and alcohol, because now they're like, all right, I'm going to go have fun for a while and, and do this shit. Yeah, I mean, on top of that, you got money, you got yeah, fame, money too. you got access to whatever, <laughs> whatever. the fuck you want to have. Yeah. I remember seeing an interview with like Drew Barrymore where she said she was doing cocaine by like 11 years old. Oh my God, <laughs> like, that's so insane. Isn't that insane? She that's was in crazy. E.T. when she was like... I, I think like six or seven years old, and she said she was going to like Studio Fifty Four by the time she was like ten, eleven, like snorting coke, drinking, and shit. Like it's just a different <laughs> lifestyle. It's a completely different like if you grow up as a child star, like you cannot relate to anyone else who is who's not been a child star. Exactly, yep. it's like people like that's been in there like their whole life, like because when their family is involved in it too. Yeah, I remember I was listening to uh. Yeah, I talk about this podcast a lot because I love him. But Dak Shepard's podcast when he had Robin Thicke on there, and he was talking about like his dad, Alan Thicke, you know, who was on yeah. uh, Growing Pains. Growing Pains, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he's talking about like, yeah, like, like it was weird. Like I like the friends I had, just the circle I had. Like I have, I didn't have like a normal childhood. Like I took my bike and I rode through like the movie lots and shit. I'm like, oh, there's Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, there's all this. And then I just go out, and then we can like, you know, my dad like has this like Ferrari with a bunch of women and stuff like that. Like. It's just weird because my dad played this like family guy, like this family person on TV. And then when I go back to his life, he's like living in his like bachelor pad like at the time, which is like everything. Going That's why on. I'm glad we're podcasting. Or, or another <laughs> one too. Blow up, I just know my voice. Another one too in that situation. And I mean, she didn't grow up to be famous, but I was, well, I watched a Rick James documentary. Oh, uh, you, I haven't seen out. that yet. Is Bitchin? it good? It's so good. Okay, yeah, I it's like that. two hours long. Is that Hulu? Yeah, it's on okay. Hulu. Yeah, if you ever Rick James, it it's so yeah. good. Yeah, his uh, his daughters in the opening scene. And they were talking about how he like he you can tell he was living a rock star lifestyle a lot. And they, but he tried to tone it down around us. But there was so many nights where it's like seven in the morning. I am stepping over different girls and like bottles and shit like that. <laughs> just, I wouldn't be able to I don't think I'd be able to handle fame, dude. Like it'd be really tough for me. Like I would like especially like if you're like a Kardashian. Like there's no way I would live in L.A. Ooh. if I was the Kardashians. Like stepping mm-hmm. out my front door and having like eight thousand mm-hmm. people taking a picture of me. Like fuck why that. You th- why you think <laughs> Kanye no. moved to what the fuck Wyoming or whatever? Yeah, for <laughs> real, bro. And honestly, I think that is a big reason why I've held myself back so much because mm-hmm. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I want to make music. I want to you know I want to create. I want to be able to live without having to worry about expenses and things. But I don't need mansions. I don't need all these things. I don't want to be recognized. I don't want to. I went to a show the other night, and um, this is really cool, but this girl, she apparently knew who I was. She recognized me, and she ran up and gave me, like, the biggest hug, and it freaked me out. Hell yeah. And, like just her personal space. And COVID and everything, <laughs> yeah. and, like, it was really nice. It was one of those, like, yeah. bittersweet moments where I'm like, this is so cool. Like, it's happened a couple times now, and it, that's just, like, it's amazing, uh-huh. but I'm also like, okay, don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> just stay a couple feet away um i don't want that but you have to sacrifice something you know yeah and it's kind of like almost impossible to avoid in today like it would have been a lot easier to be a rock star in like the 60s and Mm -hmm. shit before like social media social media and stuff because now they're literally you have to have like all these you know twitter and all this shit to like to even exist out there, <laughs> like, unless, yeah, unless you were already established. Yeah, unless beforehand. you're already established. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I would be like a Kendrick Lamar, where I would just not even if I'm like that famous. I'm going. I'm putting out my album. You won't see me for two years, and then I'm gonna come back and drop another album. And then, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna go, go ride bikes and chill <laughs> yeah. for three like months on end, and then, like, yeah, for sure, just not use my cell phone. Like, or like, yeah, oh yeah, I would love that. <laughs> or to bring up Norm Macdonald one more time, like just talk about like people being private and stuff. Like he had cancer for ten years and. No 
nobody fucking knew. He didn't tell anybody. Like, Chadwick Boseman? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Uh, and he said yeah. he didn't tell anyone because he didn't want people to like pity him while he was doing stand-up. He didn't want people to like react differently to his art because of like they now know that he has cancer or whatever. So it, it's, that's crazy. I imagine it's really hard to one, hide your personal life so well because it's not really in your control. Mm-hmm. Like you have to trust all the people around you to do that. But it's got to be really hard to have to make that decision of like, do I tell people? Mm-hmm. Like, how are how is that going to affect my career? How is that going to affect my life? Like, I clearly don't have that much time left if I if you have cancer. Like, you never yeah. know. But at the same time, do you owe it to your fans to, like, how personal do you get with your fan base? Right. And then people also, like, I think people, there's a lot of people with, you know, mental illness out there Mm -hmm. and people like think because they follow you on social media and you know stuff like that that they like know you and it's like you know like people can get you know overstep boundaries for sure oh yeah absolutely (laughs) so it's uh it's interesting time i swear if we didn't do if we didn't have this podcast i don't think i would have social media anymore I haven't been on Facebook in forever. I mean, I love. I do like Instagram evil, for pictures man. and stuff. It's a necessary evil. It is. And I hate to. Ha- I hate to. It say really it. is. I hate to it totally have is. it, but it is a necessary evil. It sucks. It, it is. is. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have it if I. Well, okay. I like looking at memes. That's fun. Yeah, but you yeah, but I. If I wasn't trying to build a career as an artist, I wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. I don't like social media, and quite frankly, I'm kind of bad at it now because I have to really decide most days like is this worth it to me today to have to stress over a post or like Mm -hmm. get all these things ready. And like when you do it strategically, it's easier in a way because you can plan it out, but it doesn't feel genuine that way. And yeah, so I'm a stories person. <laughs> yeah, I I mostly yeah. just post like the podcast posts, or I'll post like little clips of music and shit on there because I'm like I don't really feel like posting anything else on here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a meme lord, man. <laughs> yeah, you like you do like <laughs> the yes. memes. I'm a yeah. meme lord all but, day. But you're mostly in your story too. Like I don't, like yeah. you don't post like a whole lot on Instagram. No, I like I yeah I have maybe like. 30, 40 posts over like the course of my Instagram. It's mm-hmm. just like me just like sweeping and cleaning up every <laughs> once in a while. Mm-hmm. I have been getting a lot more followers lately though. I don't have been noticing that. I don't know. It's That's climbing, cool. climbing yeah. quicker. I'm like, this is kind of tight. Break, <laughs> you about to get the comma, bro. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I'm on medicine. I finally got my comma. Oh, did you? It was funny. That's like, um. so I'm watching this new show on, what is that? Apple TV maybe? It's called Mr. Corman. Um, it's written, directed, and starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and uh, Logic is on it. He's one of the main characters on it. He plays one of uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's friend, and like, there's this whole scene where they're like, he's like, oh, bro, because he's kind of like popular, like he like on social media or whatever. He's like, oh, dude, if you hang out with me, snap a couple pictures, we might get you from 400 to 450 tonight, <laughs> my man. <laughs> and like the whole episode, he keeps pulling it up. He's like, oh, I'm almost there. <laughs> that show is great, by the way. You guys should all watch it. It's a pretty honest representation of what it's like. Uh, to develop anxiety and depression and not know what the fuck is going on with your body and your mind. Um, and I, I just think he does it really well. It's really, like, artsy, too, and fun to watch. Like, episodes are, like, going in and out of, like, cartoonish-looking, like, visuals and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, shout out to Joe Scord. Love it. I love that guy. It looked really good. And we need shows like that. We mm-hmm. need representation. I struggle with, you know, depression, anxiety, all these things. And I didn't have anything to teach me that when I was growing right. up. I just thought I was insane. Mm-hmm. No, and it, same. It, nobody really stressed about it up until like recently. I yeah. Feel like, I actually, ironically enough, I went to the doctors uh, a couple of days ago and I was telling him like, I want to get tested for ADHD. And then he's an old school doctor. He goes like, hey, do you want to get tested for AIDS? I'm like, no, ADHD. <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like, it just wasn't a thing mm-hmm. around that time. And it was just like, it's crazy, man. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. And then they, 
like up to this point, there hasn't really been a lot of options for treatment. I got diagnosed with ADD when I was, I don't know, four, 13, 14, mm-hmm. and dyslexia, and I was given Adderall. Same. And you know, especially, I think I was like 90 pounds. Like you don't give like a 90 pound girl going through puberty Adderall. <sighs> no, that shit is that that shit hits you so hard sometimes. Yeah. I had to leave class one time because I'm like, this is overwhelming. Oh, I'm like, I, had, I am like messed up right now. I had such <laughs> bad anxiety attacks from it that I would Me too. Be, be taken to the hospital because I thought I was seizing because mm-hmm. I was just having like my I was just shorting out. Like mm-hmm. I didn't it didn't make sense to me. And also, I still to this day have facial twitches. I don't take it anymore, but it's like still affected me long term. It is an Adderall nation. There is a mad mm-hmm. motherfuckers out here. A lot of motherfuckers out here with uh, on Adderall. And you know it's crazy. I so I started because the winter was really tough for me. Speaking of the pandemic, because I am a very extroverted person, and not even being able to just like go outside because it's cold, mm-hmm. and then having to stay in the house, everything's locked down. Like that almost broke me. So I started doing um like. Um, therapy on the phone you know we would just do like video calls or whatever and she thinks I was misdiagnosed with uh, ADD when I was a kid and thought it was really just anxiety and depression that I was dealing with my whole life and so like because I was telling her I was like I hated taking Adderall in school like it used to really bug me out I wouldn't eat my total mood changed Mm -hmm. like all of that she's like yeah I think you might have been misdiagnosed that's funny because well it's not funny but I was talking about (laughs) I was talking with my therapist about that recently too and like we're going to like redo a diagnosis to make sure that I wasn't misdiagnosed because that apparently was a very popular diagnosis when they totally. didn't know what was wrong totally. with you. Totally, they're t- giving everyone Ritalin and all therapy, that shit. Guys. This is great. <laughs> yeah, you that. got yo therapy yes. so I, important, I just, man. <laughs> I like I just started therapy like a month ago. It's I yeah. It, it, they tell you like it gets worse before it gets better, and it's like it's just the streak of like going through the shit because you're just re. You have like that unbiased like point of view about things mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> that was the other yeah. thing. This this podcast is a form of therapy for him and I, and like we didn't do the podcast almost the entire pandemic. You yeah, know? So and we won an award. That. And we yeah we won yeah, an award while crazy. we were off for a year and a half. That was pretty sweet. What was that? Was that out of Washtenaw County? That uh, yeah. Shout out to. Uh, and I, 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 they, but they do the best of Washington County post. Uh, We're coming from the Detroit Music Awards next year, baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> do that's they have so a sick. Podcast though? section on there? Damn, huh? Do they have a podcast section? Detroit on Music Awards does have a podcast. Oh section. shit, yes, we're yeah. coming for that next year, baby. We're gonna win it. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna manifest it. I'm shooting uh-huh. for a music one and a podcast one in the same year. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. I feel like a Detroit egot. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit egot. <laughs> Damn, what is it? Who is it? Uh. I forgot the name of the magazine, man. I feel terrible too. Oh yeah, the one that we got the award for. I forget Damn. too. Um, I, I hate it because we'll like, good I, job, guys. I didn't even know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. We didn't even know we were nominated. Was it called? That's the, crazy. Was it called the Eagle? No. No. Mm. No, I know. <laughs> oh, I'm tripping, man. Yeah, I it's we'll, been a hard we'll, we'll year. Yeah, we can yeah. excuse it. It's the wine, man. <laughs> the Detroit sweet red is pretty great. But yeah, therapy is just so important. And it is difficult to get started because you have to find the right match for you. Mm-hmm. But when you haven't been in therapy, you don't know that you can be like, hey, I don't like you. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't working for me. Can I have someone new? Um, it's hard to be honest, too. You have to like realize, you're like, I'm talking to my therapist right now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be telling her, like, all the truth. And I'm still finding myself like, yeah, don't want to be embarrassed. So I don't want to tell her this part. Yeah. About, you know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> with, was both very fortunate and unfortunate to have to have started therapy when I was like 13, 14. And uh-huh. I've pretty much been in it since. And I mean, it's life changing. Totally. But my whole, you know, teenage, even young adult life, I lied to my therapists, all of them. Like I could totally. not tell them things because 
I was just so used to hiding things mm -hmm. and it didn't feel safe and I didn't know how they would react. I didn't want to offend them. I didn't, you know, like I didn't, it's really hard to be so vulnerable with a person. And my therapist now is great. She's a shout out hey. to her. Um, I've never been so honest in my life. That's another thing too, which is like finding the right one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, there's, I remember like when I started, when I was in a kid, I had, I was going through therapy and stuff like that. And then I stopped for a long time up until, about 2018 when my mom passed away, I was like, all right, I'm going to try and get back in. I went through two, and I hated them both. And I was just like one of those people who was just like, all right, I don't think we're a good fit, man. Mm -hmm. And I just really didn't want to go through it again for a while. Yeah. And then just like you, like I kind of had like that seasonal depression going on for a minute. And then, you know, I decided recently this year, like I'm, I got to get back and I'm trying to get my mind right. It's, it's funny too. You always think you're like, oh, you know what? I'm good now. You know, I don't really need to. And then like a month goes by, and you like start surprise. To <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah, we're still always, here. Always comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Cur current magazine, by the way. Current magazine. Current magazine. Good call. Nice. Shout out to glad you remembered that. Nice. Um, but anyway, so I guess since we've already been talking for quite a long time, let's roll into something old, something new. This very, week. this is gonna be a very abridged version, guys. Yeah, we time, we so. uh, yeah, we're usually we go off on like you know nerdy like long we, as we hour. are. It, but we, we, we kept it shorter this week we for are the sake not of Eric. Any the Eric, we love you so much that we are not going to go on any tangent, okay? Got it? All right, cool. He gave last us a thumbs up, guys. Last week was long, though. Last week was <laughs> one of those type of episodes. Like, Will was so easy to talk to that like we could have probably gone like another two we need, hours. I kind of want a part two with Will. Uh, I, I would are totally. You are you familiar with Will? Um, through Neil. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. He is the man, man. Uh, yeah, at Will Band. I've seen him play a couple times. Like, they are good. Like, him, Mirage, Nappy, that whole, like, collective is just dope. So, yeah. I still got to gotta sit with Nappy's album some more. Um, I've only listened to, like, a oh, it's good. tracks. That's what everyone yeah. keeps saying. Yeah, it's Cloud like, 13. That shit we yeah. played last Very week was talented. insane. Like, yeah, he's really good. I'm excited for what he's got in store. But anyways, something old, something new. I think... Did you start it last week or did I? Uh, you can start it. Okay, matter. I'll start it then. And usually I have some kind of like reason that I picked what I picked. And I don't really have a good reason this week, <laughs> honestly, other than the fact that I found some of my old like mix CDs from high school. And I found this awesome Otis Redding mix that mm. I had. And I was like, God damn it. I forgot how amazing all of his music is. I love him. Um, yeah, so I went with his very first album all the way back to 1965, which is called uh, Pain in My Heart. And it's kind of like interesting when you think about black artists making music in that time because he's from Georgia. And, you know, when he got his start in the early 60s, he was playing in the South, you know, in the deep South. And there was only like a handful of establishments along the South where black musicians could even play. So, you know, it's hard to gain um, a big following in that regard. But then he ended up, you know, getting some success with this album and moving out to um, California and was able to play a lot of different spots in the North. And then, like, even in Europe. So, you know, he kind of, like, took off after that. But unfortunately, you know, it's really crazy to think, like, I didn't even realize that he was only, like, out. His first album came out in 65, and he died in 1967 in a plane crash. So, like, he had such a short-lived career, which I feel like you read about that sometimes. And it's like, man, you didn't even get to live to see, like, how big your music became, which is, like, mind-blowing That's <laughs> always unfortunate. Like, the people who, like, the struggling artist type deal who pass away before they can really see their impact. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things like, damn, dude, if you only knew like what you would have become. It changed yeah. the world. Yeah. Totally. Let me pull up some Otis Redding so I can play a little bit of it for you. And that's why I posted that on my Instagram story yesterday. I'm like, new singers trying out or 
just starting making music, just put as much heart into it as Otis Redding did because mm-hmm. holy shit, man, you could hear like every bit of like how much he cared when you're hearing his music. So let me pull that up for you real quick. Um, Pain in my heart. And let's see. Oh, God, I'm playing this. This song <laughs> is called These Arms of Mine by Ooh. Otis Redding. These arms of mine, they are lonely, lonely and fielding in blue. These arms of I think that CD's just gonna stay in my car now. <laughs> I, he's one of my favorite artists he's of all time. So good, like that voice. Like the music almost doesn't even matter because his voice is so captivating. It's, like, it's just one of those ones where it's just like, damn, it just kind of like draws you in. Totally, yeah. You know? yeah. And I love Otis's music too because it's heavy on the horn section. Like there's so mm-hmm. many horns in, in all of his music, so I love it a lot. Um, yeah, shout out to Otis Redding. Um, Eman, what did you have for something uh, old, my friend? So, uh, in the tradition of me just watching the Rick James documentary, nice, I yes. decided, and ironically enough, I was just looking up like the fact the FAQs on this album, and it was actually released the my grandmother's birthday. Oh. But I'm gonna go Street Songs by Rick James nice. as my uh, my something old. I might watch that tonight, dude. It's so, it's like two hours. You can knock it out. Yeah. Like, it's actually pretty <laughs> great. Uh, Street Songs is the fifth album by Rick James, released on April seventh, nineteen eighty one, on Gordy Records. They had the singles "Give It to Me, Baby" and Give "Super Freak." <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of people credited this album just because this was like Rick James really coming into like his artistry as far as him as a songwriter because this is more of like because songs like Mr. Policeman for instance were more like reality based instead of just like songs about like girls and drugs and shit like that so this was like more of like him coming out as like his own like finding his artist identity so kind of like how you were talking about like finding that identity as an artist stuff like that some people don't find it till you know they're already midway through their career so yeah, yeah. the confidence this man had to wear what he had on this album cover <laughs> yeah man the confidence where he wore like on a fucking yeah, on a show basis, basis. or like <laughs> anyone basis. in show business in the 80s for that matter like, Prince <laughs> yeah. Prince wore I just saw a photo of Prince wearing like assless chaps and shit on dude it's, it's like, like Lady Gaga and her meat dress <laughs> yeah like, what or uh, what did uh, Doja Cat just had like a worm oh, dress man. on at the fucking Ooh, VMAs like no. it's so bizarre she had one with, it, yeah there was one, she had like a different outfit because she presented or um, hosted the MTV Video Awards. There was one where she had a hat on that was just an upside down chair. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that photo. What the hell? <laughs> but anyways, what song should I rock? Should I go with Mr. Policeman no, off uh, here? Or? You know what? Let's go with Mr. Policeman. Yeah, I kind of want to hear. Or um, Ghetto Life. One of the two. I go uh, with Mr. Policeman. Let's go Mr. Policeman. Yeah. Let's hear him getting a little um, social political on us. 
He's probably doing so much cocaine at this time, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was like a given in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. Another thing too that was interesting about this doc that I found out is he his his beef with rappers. Oh really? I, I didn't know that. So That's he a thing? he uh, I forgot. I think when like rap was starting to get big around the '80s, right? And he was just talking about like it was, they were, they were to show clips like Two Live Crew and all this stuff like that, and just like how misogynistic it was to women, like which is ironic from Rick James. <laughs> Not like you're looking at it in retrospect, <laughs> but he was going through like really bad like coke, like just drug addiction and stuff like mm-hmm. that around that time, and he just was like, you know what, I don't want like I don't care, I don't want any rappers like sampling my music no matter what. And like, mind you, he's like almost going broke at this point. And then fucking MC Hammer comes out with Can't Touch This, uh-huh. which was a super freak sample. Oh, is that a super? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't even consider that. Wow, that is totally. So he heard it and he goes like, oh no, he goes like, and he had that line like, my music makes it go. He goes like, your music, that's my music. You're sampling. He goes on a whole tangent. He calls his manager up like, I don't want this shit. Like, I need to get this, like, I need to put this dude in the ground. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. He goes, you're going to be making X amount of millions from this song. He goes, oh shit, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how he feels about this one then. Remember when Busta did this? You know, my homie Tretch from Naughty by Nature Gucci, once said, that <laughs> If you ain't from the ghetto, In the don't ghetto. come to the fucking <laughs> ghetto. But I'ma let one of our most immaculate tall guys take us all through the ghetto. My nigga Rick James. <laughs> when I was a young boy, growing up in the ghetto, <laughs> hanging out on corners, <laughs> singing with the fellas, looking for the cute chicks. Trying to find me big fun, looking for some trouble for anyone who gave me some. I was young and crazy Ooh. in the ghetto. <laughs> Didn't know oh, what my life was talking about. I feel like this could come back as a TikTok yeah. sound. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, another one too, like Gucci. Gucci did it too. She's a very freaky girl. Oh, Don't bring yeah. her to mama. Oh man, nah, I didn't even think about that either. Yeah. Yeah, Rick James is all over hip-hop, man, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> another two, it was like it was this beef with MTV was another one, because MTV wasn't playing, like, black music at that time. Mm-hmm. And then he went on, like, several tangents about MTV and just like, oh, yeah. Like, no, they don't ha- They only play, like, white music and white rockers and stuff like that. And just, like, start. And he was like, all right, Michael Jackson. Bowie, <laughs> like, Bowie did the same thing. He called out, like, uh, he was getting interviewed by some, like, executive from MTV, and he was like, why come you guys don't play black music on this channel? <laughs> and there he was, like, kind of, like, speech. 
speechless. You know, Damn. caught him totally off guard. He was I like, I feel, he was like I'll, I'll send you the video. Okay. It's, uh, it's all over the place. I, always, the like, and I, I already talked about this. I respect Bowie as like, an mm-hmm. artist. I just never really was a big fan of his music. Right? I, I, same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do respect him as an artist. So. For me, like, I think what it is, like, if you're just like a casual fan, like, I, I know how that take would, yeah, like, that makes sense to me. But like, when you go back and just start listening to like all this shit, you're like, okay, this is starting to like, this is really fucking amazing. <laughs> like, so yeah, he's got like a lot. That's how it was for me, at least. I didn't, I was kind of the same way. I was like, I don't really care for this music. And then I started listening to like his actual full albums and shit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I do get this now. No, I mean, they're concepts <laughs> for sure. And I'm yeah. like, I always love the, I love the concepts of it. And I love like the different personalities because I love, feel like a lot of people bite that. Like, we talk about like Ziggy, Dart, Star, uh, Ziggy Stardust yeah. and stuff like that. I felt a lot of people have like those alter, white Russian man, all, yeah. all those alter personalities. But yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean it. <laughs> and his influence is everywhere. Like, I mean, you can even t- dial it down to Tyler the Creator, you know, with like, Presenting yourself as a new character every Tyler time. Tyler Bodier, you know. Wolf Haley, mm-hmm, Ace totally. Creator. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I never really got into Bowie, but what I enjoy is his interviews. Mm-hmm. I really like him as a person. Yeah, totally. Because he just like has paved the way for people to be themselves. Yeah. And the w- even the way that like even the way he died was so Bowie-esque. <laughs> like, he, like, planned his last album around it. Like, it's, like, directly Star, about right? that. Yeah, like, yeah. the video, like, everything, like, it came out on the day that he died, which is That's fucking crazy. crazy. Was like, I did not know that. It's nuts. Like, I remember listening to that album at work, just like crying my eyes out. Oh. I'm like, oh, you just fucking died today. And I listen to the music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Bowie. Though. I'm a super <laughs> fan now. But um, anyways, what do you? What have you been listening to on the old music tip? Because I know you listen to plenty of it. <laughs> yeah, so I've actually, I've been trying to think of what I want to pick for a while. Because most of my influences are from like the 20s to the 60s. Like I like older music. Mm-hmm. But I decided to pick something that actually isn't from that long ago. Okay, I like it. Um, do you know who Sela Su is? No. no. So Spell that for me. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> the song is called Crazy Vibes Crazy by Sela, S-E-L-A-H. I feel like that would be like a 2021 song like titled. Yeah. Sela <laughs> Su, yeah. I found it. I had a lot of people tell me that we have similar voices, but I didn't know who she was. I don't and agree there. I really like her music. Okay. Let's see. Say let's see. What was the name of the song? Crazy one? Vibes. Crazy Vibes. Let's find Crazy that. Vibes. Oh, she's got a song with CeeLo on here. Mm-hmm. All right. When, when did this come out? Um, I'm not sure. I can look, though. I love 2000s? when our guests stump okay. us on the music. That's my favorite. When it's something I haven't yeah. heard before, that's the best. Um, all right. Let's, let's hear a little bit of Crazy. Whoa. Let me start that over. Get that to justice. Was never really into music till I was about nine years old. But now I can't control myself on grooving. It is time for me to show. Cause today, oh, 25, I'll show ya. Well, thank you for this because now I have new music to listen to. I thought you guys would like it. Something old for you, something new for me. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, because I want I love CeeLo. Yeah, I'm about to, so uh, to, I'm about to say this. this mm-hmm. She has uh, her song Ragamuffin is really good too. Ragamuffin, I love that. Yeah. Uh, related artist. First one is Amy Winehouse. Yep. Yeah. The album is self-titled, by the way. For anyone trying to look it up. You never had DDC, I know. Oh, yeah. But I, I still remember you right. and what we used to say. So I say this is my song for you, my friend. You can only see that I can hardly let things go. No, oh yeah. So listen to the sound of my voice. Like a little reggae in there too. I was just gonna say her music, like not the way her voice sounds, but the way the music sounds, uh-huh. almost reminds me of Sublime a little bit. Yeah. Um, like I could totally hear her like duetting with Bradley Noel. Totally. Fam, I just realized we weren't following Current Magazine until just now. Ah! <laughs> they, they followed us, but we were following them. <laughs> Dude, I do that all the time. I pulled a, a T Pain the other day. Like, so, like, I thought that you could just see all your messages. I didn't know that there actually was the request tab. Oh, yeah. Because uh, like, did you see the video that he posted? No. Where he, was, where he d- discovered that that's there? He's like, I have been ignoring some of the biggest fucking musicians ever. He was like, so he went through like all his <laughs> messages and he was showing all the people, like all uh, the messages that he got. He was like, fucking Fergie. I ignored <laughs> Fergie. <laughs> There's a Facebook one too that does that. It's like message requests and yeah. stuff. Like I, I miss that one all the time. And mm-hmm. I had to sort through it. I'm like, Holy shit, there's so many people here. I'm, I apologize. Yes. I always forget to check it, too, because I have a lot of people who, a lot of it's like bots, you know, and stuff. Yeah, scam porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Most, I mean, the majority is bots, for sure. Yeah, but I'll have, like, producers or even just, like, people say they discovered me on Spotify or TikTok or, you know, wherever, and I always forget about it. So every, like, three to six months, I'm like, oh, shit, okay, I got to go through and, like, either choose to reply to all these people or, like, ignore them or, yeah, so. Shout out to the promoted on here bots because y'all are my biggest fans. (laughs) (laughs) They're so quick, dude. It's like, like, I don't understand how it's so fast. The second I post it, there'll be, like, three comments. (laughs) Promote your shit on here. Promote your shit on here. Dude, I mean, have you seen our post? (laughs) Have you seen our comment section? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, You know what's funny, though? Speaking of that, I heard that, like, the algorithms, um, like, are designed to, like, kind of fuck with people that are trying to promote small business. Mm -hmm. Like, it only, like, promotes your stuff to, like, a small percentage of your followers. Social media stepping on a little guy? No. Yeah, right? I heard that. (laughs) I heard that's, like, a more recent thing, too. I didn't do any research on it. I don't know. But I also, when I heard that, I don't like to scroll on Instagram. Like, I post and, like, I watch stories, but I don't really scroll that much. Mm But I started scrolling just to see, like, who I was seeing. It was all advertisements or, like, yep. bigger artists. Or I didn't have any people that were, like, my friends or, you know, people that I know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it you made me, like, hear something crazy? Every yeah. fi- I think it's every fifth post. Some people's every fourth. Some people's every fifth. But every fourth or fifth post is an advertisement. If you yeah. Scroll right oh, now, yeah, that makes sense right for now. sure. And yeah. they, get, they, always, they used to get me all the time until I got, like, Pretty much everything you order on Instagram is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it like takes forever to you ship. You order like. shit on Instagram? <laughs> oh, I've definitely ordered shit off Instagram. I've never even thought about doing that. You've I'm never asked. ordered anything off an Instagram? Off Instagram? No. Really? I no. haven't, but I've gone to like the Etsy page of whatever, or I found it on Amazon myself because I noticed yeah. when yeah. I like the post, I get more ads. Yeah. Or if I save it, 
it's like I go to Google and it's that ad there yeah. too. And I'm just like, I don't like that. There's, so I, I take screenshots. Yeah, now I read consumer reports and shit like what that. What was the documentary? <laughs> what was the Netflix documentary about this shit? About there was a Netflix oh, documentary um, about this. What was the name about of it? the algorithms? Yes. Oh, I know what you're talking um, about. I know what you're talking about. It's too. like, okay, yeah, if you like like something, say for instance, I'm in the Home Depot's website or something like that. If you like it because of the browser cookies or whatever, it'll carry over to your social media. It, and they share, they sell oh, for sure. information. You can just be talking about some shit and it'll pop up an ad that for is, it. That is, I hate that. So many times. <laughs> I don't like it. I kind of want like a downgraded flip flow. My grandma has the right idea. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you <laughs> Yeah, I agree. The clamshell boy back. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, so that was a good one, by the way. So, say la Sue is how you pronounce it? I think so, yeah. Okay, I really enjoy that. Oh, All speaking right. of pronunciations, on this podcast for roughly two years, I've been saying how I like this artist named Dawn Richard, and I just found out her last name's pronounced Richard. Oh. <laughs> I've been I got, saying it like I got a walk back for you, too. So, <laughs> going back to the Pajamas Band episode, I definitely said Phoebe Bridges. What, what is it? Oh, Bridgers. Bridgers, is, yes. Yeah, yeah. I've that, definitely that's an easy it. one to do. That was also before I went to go see her live. Yeah. So like, You're probably just yeah. mixing her and Leon Bridges up mm-hmm. in the same. I think so. <laughs> I think that might, uh, I hope, you know what, let's go with that. That's what exactly what happened. <laughs> I think he's coming here soon, isn't he? I think Leon Bridges Ooh, has I a show. Go. Here. Yeah, he is, in October. To. Yeah. And I have Isaiah Rashad on Wednesday. Ooh. I, got, I got RMR next week. Who? RMR. RMR. Do I don't know, know who RMR? that is. Wait, I just sound familiar. Face mask, grill, sing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love the, that the dude. The country dude? I love that dude <laughs> yeah. so much. RMR. Sure. RMR is probably my favorite new find of like <laughs> the year so far. I'm going to have to check them out. Speaking of new finds, that's a good segue into something new. Hey. Um, so this is one that I actually, it came out last week, and I totally forgot to talk about it on the podcast, and it's one I've been like really excited for. Um, if you don't know him, his name is AZ. Um, he's very famous for rapping with Nas a lot in the early 90s. They both got their start together, and you know, he's all over the firm. He's all, the firm, he's in the firm. Yeah. He's all over Nas's first album. He has like arguably the better verse on Life's a Bitch, by the way. A lot of people, I, I like, I, I think it's better, but anyways, he has a new album out, uh, Do or Die Part Two. Um, and it is really, really good. It's got the intros done by Idris Elba, which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, and then you got, you know, Rick Ross is on here, Conway the Machine, Lil Wayne, Dave East, T Pain. Um, yeah, it's pretty sweet. I'm going to play the one with um, Conway and Lil Wayne because it's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, Conway is in the Rick James doc, by the way. Is he really? Yes, because, <laughs> you know, Rick James from Buffalo. Oh, so I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> shout out Conway. Um, and this song was also, it was produced by um, Alchemist. So shout out Alchemist. Here's Ritual. It's not a performance, it's a ritual. When I rhyme, it's like the city is mine. Play who? No label ain't give me a dime. Came through like if you're grateful, that's how you really should shine. Flooded Jesus in that great coop at the grittiest times. They know me. Since 9-6, wrist was lit with a rollie. Speak of bricks, been in the mix. Ain't shit you can show me. A king, occasionally seen. Stay in the wings. It's accessory when you close and your folks praying them things. And new Celine, the Louis mass over the grill. Do the math, ain't got Gotta ask, nigga holding for real, or omen is sealed, I'm parting. Back sucker ducking and dodging. Fire spitter, who can fuck with the arson? I'm neutral, never frugal. Salute you if the feeling is mutual. Play cuckoo, niggas coming to roof you. The true school, the vet, and the ghosts involved out of respect. 
respect still connect with the only I was literally just gonna say nobody makes beats like Alchemist this makes sounds beats. Like like, Alchemist produ- so like I wanna know where he gets his information or his inspiration. I mean a lot from, of most of so his shit off the, like, that's, it's so and this is perfect like for Griselda sound too. That totally. and then like well, well I mean Bodie James I guess is Griselda. Lil Wayne too, smokes but, yeah. that shit too. I, I don't know where Lil Wayne is getting his inspiration from lately, but I've heard like three good Lil Wayne verses in a row lately, and that makes me happy This, the Tyler album and, yep, then, and then, uh, um, something else. What else was he I have not heard Lil Wayne in a while. Whew, it was he's this? been killing. For, he's really? been killing features this year. This the Tyler and what the hell else? That t- was yeah, the Tyler album was like instant classic for me. It like, might have uh, been on the Drake album. No, it wasn't on the Drake one. I can't remember. I'll, I'll fr- remember it for next week. But um, yeah. Anyways, Az Do or Die Two. It's really good. I'm excited that he still sounds as good as he did in the '90s. You know what we forgot to do? Huh. We forgot to intro something else, something new. <laughs> oh yeah, we we <laughs> we'll make yeah, it work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll do that. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shout at it. I don't want to scare Danae here. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. true. All right. So what did you got, my friend? Call me if you want. Call me if you need. Call me if <laughs> oh, you want, and I'll be on the way. Do I actually really like this album a lot? I, 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 was, he, I was actually really shocked. I liked it. I haven't heard the full album, but he is proving a point, and he is making space for people in the industry. I fully support it. I um yeah, I'm I all for it. I said it when Old Town Road came out. Mm-hmm. I said it when he started popping up. Get your money, little Nas X. I <laughs> fuck with this dude so heavy as far as like just what he's doing and what he represents. Because it's like, all right. It, so he's really good at trolling people, people back too. Yes, I like that. Yes. <laughs> no, he is the clapback king as far as that. That's another reason why I like him. But no. What he's doing, man, he is proving a point. Like it's like, all right, we, I, you know, women have been sexualized in this thing. Like, like the girl on girl thing has been done for years. Like Britney and uh, who was it, Madonna kissing mm-hmm. at the fucking VMAs. Like this shit's been happening for years. So what he's doing is like, like, uh, and the guys like, like I know little Bootsy's having a fucking heart attack somewhere right now. <laughs> but, so <laughs> but no, I actually, you know, like I. I love Little Nas X, man. Shout out to him. Like, for he just this. gave but a really good really interview like on Hot 97 too. You should go check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, he was talking about the BET performance, and he was like, he's like, you know, I I definitely wanted to make that you know expression and show people what I was doing, but I was scared shitless to do that performance. He was like, I was terrified just because of the stigma with the gay community and mm-hmm. hip hop, and you know what I mean. He's like, That's I was fucking thing terrified because it's like <laughs> not only I mean you know gay artists and stuff like that, that representation, that's been happening in Hollywood for a while, but like in hip hop, that's really still taboo. Mm -hmm. And even like live on stage or in videos, like you've seen it here and there, but to make such a drastic point as he is, like that has to take guts. Mm -hmm. And like, I respect that so much. And I think people it, people may still feel a way, but at least like the actions are coming through with hip hop. Like you don't hear people saying fag as much. You don't mm-hmm. hear people saying bitch as much. Like you still I hear, hear it. I hear bitch. You still yeah. you still hear <laughs> it. No, you definitely still hear it, but it's definitely way toned it's, down. Like or it's, even in the verses, or it's in different contexts. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And it, even in the versus battle that just happened, like um, you know, Fat Joe got caught up in talking shit, and he was like. He's like, all you, all, all your girls on your songs are dusty bitches or whatever like that. And he had to come out with an apology for it the <laughs> next day. Like, it, just, it doesn't slide as much anymore. No. So, um, no, different times. Uh, as far as what we want to play on yeah, the I, little Nasir X. I want to hear this fucking song with Doja Cat because I love Doja Cat. I, I, but I'm, I'm going to let you pick. I'm just, saying, I'm, I'm just saying for later. For later. Let's go with He's got Elton John on this yeah, motherfucker? Yeah, actually, let's put an Elton John track. Okay. 
Shout out Elton John. Too. I mean, it, it's a perfect. Oh, did you see the photo of him and Elton, like him and Elton John? No. Elton John was wearing like the pink like suit he was oh, wearing, really? <laughs> and Little Nas X was wearing like his like uh. It's like uh, like Elton John's like floral like thing he had on like uh, a couple years ago at the VMAs or some shit. Uh-huh. So they like traded outfits. Oh, that's so cool. Dope. I just saw that little video clip of Elton John talking to James Hetfield and Metallica. They're like on a live like Zoom thing because like I guess Elton covered one of their songs for the 30th anniversary of the Black Album. And he tells James Hetfield, nothing else matters is like one of the best songs ever written. And James Hetfield just starts fucking crying. And I'm like, I love this, it dude. Is. I love it. I, I love that. I lo- <laughs> no, early Metallica is just so, like one, it's yeah, probably one of my favorite totally, songs. Like, yeah. Especially when I figured out what the, because it was about a soldier who went, who got his, all his limbs blown off and went blind and shit mm-hmm. like that. Like, no, and, early Metallica. And nothing else matters was super personal to James Hetfield too, with his struggles with his own demons and shit, so. It was pretty cool to watch. Um, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, without further ado, here is one of me off of Lil Nas X. Wow, Lil Nas X's <laughs> brand new debut album, Montero, featuring Elton John. Oh, no, it's not. Nope, that sounds like Davies. <laughs> that sounds like Davies. <laughs> here it is. Is this not what I was expecting? Me neither. The rest of the album is the not like the smallest sip I've ever seen anyone pour in a cup. <laughs> yes. It's a, little, it's a little sipper. I like this. I don't like that. Do this here. Don't you do that. Say you wanna me. Say you wanna me. Yeah, yeah. Say you wanna me. Say you wanna me. Yeah, yeah. I like this. I don't like that. Do I love that we're gonna do your face. Don't you do that. Say you wanna me, say you need the validation. Tell me that you think you won't top your last creation. Word on the block is you fell off, and I'm just saying, if it ain't no town road, little Nazi ain't playing, nigga. Just stick to what you best. I suggest make another one like this. Huh, yeah, oh, I know it hurt your soul to know it was only luck. Huh, if you drop a song, nigga, we won't give a fuck. No, I like this, I don't like that. Do this here, don't you do that. Say you wanna me, say you wanna me, yeah, yeah. Say you wanna me, say you wanna me, yeah, yeah. I like this, I don't like that. Do this here, don't you do that. I, I, I want to hear how Elton comes out. I really on. need things. <laughs> we can fast forward a little bit. I don't want to like. Oh, you think you I'll turn it down for a second and turn it back up. Yeah, here we go. I gotta hear how. I'm not. I'm like trying to figure it out in my head. Where Elton John comes out. I don't see you lasting long, and that's just me being honest. Even if your album okay is flopping, that's a promise. So I like this, I don't like that. Do this here, don't you do that? Say you wanna me, say you wanna me, yeah, yeah. Say you wanna me, say you wanna me, yeah, yeah. I like this, I don't like that. Do this here, don't you do that? He doesn't stick to one genre. Yeah, yeah. And I think same with like Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's this new generation of artists that are just experimenting. And I have always felt really lost with my music because I like, I like everything and I want to do everything. Mm. So having artists like this to be able to do that first and like make that lane for people, I think is really, really special. Olivia Rodrigo is a monster, by the way. I, like, <laughs> I, I, I really like that Good For You song. Was it uh, Sour was the album? Was that it? I'm not sure of the album, but I Good like that song. You. Yeah. <laughs> Those type of artists lead the pack for me and as far as what I'm listening to. Like her's probably my favorite female artist and she does that shit. Like Guess she'll play funk, she'll play R and B. Guess who's coming to LCA? She's at she's at LCA. I thought she was at the Fox. I she, I saw LCA. Damn, I kinda wish she was at the Fox. Me too. I, I like I don't <laughs> want her in a stadium. Video. I don't either. I don't want it. it but it just She ugh. is getting big though. But yeah, yeah, like her's my favorite female artist out, and Anderson yep. Pack is my favorite male artist out. And it's like cause those guys do a bunch of different shit. They don't just stick yeah, to the same thing. Same all with the Billy. Time. Yeah. Billy's like yep. changing it up too. Yep. And it's yeah, it's really cool. I love it. I, I yeah, love that really Billy. Cool. It's still I love that Billy Eilish had Denzel Curry open for her on the last <laughs> That's pretty That sweet, is yeah. such a great like, Didn't she have run the jewels show. open at some nah, point? No, that was Lord. Oh, that was Lord. <laughs> which is awesome which still. Is, it's like which what? still. <laughs> it's crazy. Could you imagine though if you're like Going there to see Lord, and he didn't know who run the jewels. <laughs> Back at it like a crack at it, Mr. Black Magic. <laughs> God, this is militant. <laughs> All right, something new. What we got? Okay, um, Hot Honey by Ari A R I Chi. I think C H I. How was that? A R I. Yep. Space C H I. Coming with the people, we actually have to look up. Very yeah. I so I texted you the song. I don't know if you listened to it, but. I found this song and I had an hour drive that day and I swear to God, I listened to it on repeat the whole way there and the whole way home the whole hour. <laughs> I, I love it that I much. I don't know if I heard, I don't know if I listened to it or not. Let's see, what, what is the uh, song? Um, Hot Honey. Hot Honey. Is it on the Colorful album? Let's see. Oops. This is the green one. That's what the cover art looks like. It's like a hand. Oh, with. oh I see it right here. Hot honey. All right, I'm excited. You brought us two artists that I haven't mm-hmm. heard of. Shout out to Danae. You killed Killing it. it. <laughs> All right. Guitar fills got me already. I started writing something inspired by this, so I'm really excited. Take a sip, you gon' trip. Definitely put more 
I'm listening to more of her music. Yeah. I just added the song straight to my vortex. Yeah. Well, how do you spell it again? <laughs> uh, R E Chi, like Chi Town, like A R I and C H I. Yeah, um, it's my favorite song to sing right now. I've been singing it like every day. <laughs> I have like a whole playlist of music that is like my psychedelic tracks that went mm-hmm. straight on yeah, there. <laughs> there you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. That's awesome. Um, those were some good ones. I actually, you know, it's funny. I'm kind of glad we only did one something new because I didn't listen to any of the music that came out this. I weekend. listened to Mozzie. <laughs> that was the other one I listened to. And then uh, we tried to. We, uh, Lindsay and I listened to Injury Reserve. Like when we start co- like getting in the car. Injury Reserve. If you're not familiar, uh, they actually lost a member of their group to suicide. Oh, uh, oh damn! I didn't know. Yeah, that. but injury, I would put them in like a Flatbush Zombies, uh, kind of like a Denzel Curry like bag, like the okay. kind of like that kind of sound. But cool. they, yeah, they're good. Actually, I lied. I did listen to some new music. I listened to the Jordan Reiki album, uh, What We Call Life. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I don't know, but I really love his music. And I do want to get to this Kyle Dion album, too. I forgot that he dropped. So that's cool. And The Colors uh, and Shapes, Mac Miller, is coming out. Yeah, actually, so. I'm going to play a little bit of that, because I don't even remember that. That's like the one Lucy I had of the week. Like Mac Miller, so if you haven't heard the news... Um, I follow his mother on Instagram because his mom kind of handles all of um, you know his music dealings now that he's passed. Um, but there's a great mixtape by Mac Miller, which has got an awesome song with him and Vince Staples on it. Um, but the album is or um, Faces is the name of it. Yep, yeah, Faces. Yeah. And so they're re-releasing it. They remastered it and they're re-releasing it on streaming because it hasn't been on streaming up to this point. Um, and this is the lead single, which they just put a video out for too. Um, I kind of like Mac Miller in his singing bag, dude. I was never a huge <laughs> Mac Miller fan until this like era of mm-hmm. Mac Miller. So it's so sad he can't continue. I know. Yep. I think it was just the, thir- the third anniversary of his passing. Him the other day. and Tyler are like one of those one and two. It's just like where they started to like where they are mm-hmm. now. Or Max case finished, unfortunately. He felt like he was just yeah. finding his path. Yeah. He was like, oh, I found my sound. Yep. Yeah. Like this video. I think that's the goal with music is forever evolving. There was a good, you know, this is coming full circle too. You know why? <laughs> We've mentioned Mac Miller every episode for like six months. That's crazy. Podcast. That's awesome. Like the first six months, Mac was mentioned. Thundercat produced this song. Did he? Yeah. Ah, that's great. If it was colors and shapes, the imaginary, instead of all of this weight that we have to carry, would you be able to bring? With your mind, would you let them see? While beneath the ocean, I met with the captain who sank to the floor on his ship. All of his passengers escaped to safety, but he was not done with his I, trip. I'm getting sad, dude. I can't. Aww. I can't. I can't. I'm getting sad. I, I feel you, bro. I, can't, I, can't I think I might have to listen to. Uh, Circles on the way. I'm home. about to go back to. I'm gonna go back to faces probably on the way home. I, the whole thing's not out yet on stream. No, uh, I mean like the mixtape. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I used to the have whole like mixtapes on YouTube. I used to have an app that had like all the mixtapes on it, but I gotta read out. That piff. It was called like certified mixtapes or something like that. Oh. I can't remember. But anyways, um, since we're now right approaching the two hour <laughs> yeah. mark, I think Has it's it been about time. Yeah, <laughs> man, we're flying. Yep. 
We got a special performance. We yes. do. We have. We're gonna have Danae performing one of her uh, new songs yes. with us. Um, but before oh. you do that, do you want to plug any like social media and or anything like did that? Did you want to play the other song too? Yeah, if oh, we yeah, have time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. I I I, uh, I emailed it to you. You emailed it to me. Yeah. Okay. Let me so social up. media is music by Danae D E N A E on everything: uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Um, yeah, I don't have Twitter, but. Everything else, Spotify is just, or I guess all streaming platforms, just Danae, so D-E-N-A-E. Let me look up the mail here. What is the new song, by the way? Uh, What is it called that we're about to listen to? So what we're about to listen to right now is called Sleep Junkie. So this is actually a song that I had done, and I always had this vision for it that I personally didn't have the skills to meet at the time that I recorded it, so I redid it. And... I wanted it to be very cinematic. I wanted it to be in movies and shows. And I met with some people in the Motown Accelerator program who hopefully can help me make that happen. So that's really cool. I feel like I would, if I made music, I would 1,000% be making music for shows and movies. Yes. Because like, I think about that all the time yes. when I'm watching movies. Like, oh, I could write a song for this scene. Right like yeah. actually like scoring <laughs> movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's not necessarily something that I consider my style. But I wanted something that could be on, like, Euphoria or, uh-huh. you know, a show like that. I'm really, like, that's the vibe I was going for. Tom York from Radiohead totally does that. Like, his, you hear his shit in all kinds of stuff. All right, how do I open this file here? To a Google Drive. And then while you're doing that, I'll talk about um, the song I'm performing. Dope. So that song is called Tuesday. Uh, it comes out on October 1st. And is I'm, it a Tuesday? No, I wanted it to be a Tuesday, but everyone told me Fridays, so I had to, you know, compromise there. But it's um that song's really special to me because I wrote it before I decided to move to Detroit and finishing the song was actually the whole it made the decision for me. Um it's about daydreaming, about getting uncomfortable and realizing that you are too comfortable and you're stagnant in that comfort. And so I wrote the song about Detroit. And, um, yeah, I decided, you know, if I release a song, I have to move. I can't release a song and not move. I have to follow through. And now I live here. Oh, fuck with it. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Let's see. It's pulling up right now and loading. Mm, there we go. Let's see. Will you start playing? Oh, here it is. Hey. This is it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what the music video you helped with, too. Oh, nice.
to late October. It's like, it's like psychedelic R&B. Yeah. I was just going to say, that yeah, one's like, also going like, on my psychedelic Yeah, playlist. awesome. That one's all about um, lucid dreaming and astral projection and just kind of like losing yourself in the two worlds and not knowing, is this reality? Is this a dream? Because you do it too much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, I really love that because I, I love when music comes together like how it's supposed to be packaged. Like that production fits the theme, the lyrics fit the theme. Like, like, that's why I was making fun of Kanye a little bit on that Donda album because like a lot of it doesn't even fit like the theme of his mother. Yeah. No, you, you know, here's the thing about that, and, I, and this is how I'm thinking about Donda now in like a retrospect. I think it's more of like a visual performance, yeah. and it was just like all like scored around because I remember you know he had like the whole like visual aspect mm-hmm. of it. So I think a lot of that like all 27 were like tracks were just like part of like this whole visual package that you had to see, like you had mm-hmm. to be there for almost. He also admitted recently that he uh, he rushed it to fuck with Drake's numbers. <laughs> I mean that. Pro- I mean Kanye is petty as shit. I mean yeah, totally. Yeah, oh, come on. Yeah, now. he is. This is the same dude. Scoopity poop. Come on now. This yep. is the same shit. For sure it is. <laughs> uh, and then before. Before today, before him, I just got to say that I, you know, I love being proven wrong. And I got to admit when I'm wrong. Ja Rule was fucking incredible in that versus battle. <laughs> yeah, he Joe. was. <laughs> like, yeah, I was, was really shocked by that. Like, I went in that to that thing, like, because I never really cared for Ja Rule's music all that much. There's like a scattered handful of songs that I think are pretty good, but all in all, I wasn't a big fan of like the R&B tracks and all that shit. But man, he outperformed the shit out of Fat Joe. Like <laughs> he looked great. Fam, he if sounded we weren't, great. If Danae he was, was not here about to perform right now, we would close it wonderful. <laughs> <just> for, <laughs> for that, for sure, dude, <laughs> for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I, I gotta say, shout out to Fat or to um, to Ja Rule, man. He did a great job. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I had for you. So now um, we're gonna have this little performance for I you. I don't so. yes. think that we have anything else to talk about before we get into this. Nope. No. Nope. I just came, wanna say thank you so much to let me be on the hundredth episode because that's just so special. Yeah, it's wow. awesome, and I'm glad you get to do things like this. Get your your nerves yes, out. Get yes. used to doing things because you're gonna have to do lots of radio shows in your future. Yeah, oh, you are. Yeah, I hope so. This was fun. I had a really good time. Good, the I'm wine glad. helped. 
You know, it's funny. There's so there's the show that I watch called The Shy. And um, one of the main characters is this chubby dude. That you talk about these like teenagers coming into their own as black teens in Chicago. And uh, he starts his own podcast, and he signs it off by saying, I hope this has been a safe space for you. <laughs> I, was like, I like that, Papa. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, yeah, so anyways, um, we will see you guys next week, and now we're going to have Danae I Danae won't perform. see you next week. Oh, guys. that's right. Yeah, next week um, is going to be – well, actually, um, we're going to be flip-flopping them, but you're going to get a, a recap episode of the Blue Ox Music Festival from me and Andy from um, Midwestern Gentlemen. So yeah. we will check you then. All right, yeah. Peace. Peace. <laughs>